Welcome to Banana King Podcast with your hosts, Zach Shear and Pat Trainer. On this show, we uncover entrepreneurs' tips and tricks, as well as their personal finance best practices. This is purely meant for educational use only and is not intended to be investment advice. Hey guys, how we doing? Hey. Good, man. <laughs> Yeah, um, thanks for taking some time, man. So, yeah, we'll, we'll jump right in. Um, want to start us off with just a little introduction on some of the stuff that you've done? Yeah, thank you, Zach and Pat. Thank you for having me today. Uh, yes, I'm Jason Cunningham. I uh, got my master's in creative technologies with a focus in cyber psychology. Uh, that was after I had the opportunity to launch a real estate franchise in the Bay Area. Pretty much had to build an online presence for 80 plus luxury brokers. And within that, I was the head of marketing. Uh, We had to put out 300,000 magazines as well. So all aspects of listing syndication, marketing, uh, building up an individual as well as their network, and then really streamlining via technology. So I'm the founder of Explore, which we focus on, again, luxury brokers in the real estate space, in the yachting space, in the private and luxury travel space. And we help individuals with a 24-hour showroom. So even while you're out shaking hands or on vacation, your website, your social media, your email marketing is always working for you. Really your one-stop shop for turning your business into an online business. Interesting. Any specific size businesses, real estate brokers is the closest avenue, but is it kind of once businesses are five years and 10 years in, just trying to add revenue, add systems or would you say it's for startup businesses too great question pat so even a company that has been well established for five years it's always nice to give a little refresh we are making sure that our clients don't need to lift a finger and they are already taking advantage of the latest techniques so i would say every startup needs a website every established business needs a refresher and we are here to support advise happy to provide demos this is something that everybody needs to be involved in And we help the smallest startup to large luxury real estate brands to ensure that all of their ambassadors and their partners look good online. Yeah. So give me the timeline. I mean, it's just amazing. I know we just caught up the other day, you know, getting ready for this, but it's been so long since we caught up. So explore, was that something that you, you had started before you went out to New Zealand? So it really came about when. We launched our real estate company in the Bay Area. We were silently recruiting. We were in stealth mode. And we expected to have about 20-something agents jump ship and announce, we're now working with Jason and Andrew at Venture Sotheby's International Realty. Well, things hit the fan when one of the agents we were trying to recruit pretty much said no and blew the lid off of our stealth operation. So in a matter of three days, I had to roll out campaigns, marketing strategies that we thought we had two months to deliver, but instead now the news is out, the industry is aware that we're coming into town. So I put together 20 plus websites, social media presences for all of these new agents that now work at a new company. We had to accelerate all of the legal documentation and dealing with the National Association of Realtors typically takes a while. So you've You've got to know the right people, submit the right forms. With that, 
information and knowing that I had to launch this for 20 people in the course of a few days, I found ways to streamline it. So I would never have that lack of sleep again. Uh, we ended up growing the company to over 80 agents. A lot of that was recruiting through the technology that we provided. Then at our Sotheby's International Realty Conferences, I had the chance to meet other franchise owners. I shared with them our recruiting strategies, how we're leveraging uh, a Facebook app in order to have a hyper-local presence and make sure that all homeowners know about us. When that conversation began, people said, can you do that for our franchise? So that's when Explore, that was in 2017, that I officially incorporated Explore Technologies and began consulting for Seattle office, for some Boston agents. And then when I moved down to New Zealand, I also worked with the New Zealand Sotheby's International Realty and provided the same California technology that I was doing for our 80 plus agents. So over the course of a year, I went from 80 agents of my own franchise to over 300 agents that were all leveraging the same tool that I built internally. Uh, and then as time went on, I had the ability to exit that franchise and took a nice break, went to Greece for a month, uh, met up with some friends, and then we discussed how can we build it better and how can we do it cross industry. So since then, we've become the featured partner of the International Yacht Broker Association. And really what that means is we can access all the data for any yacht for sale that is listed as co-brokerage, and we can help agents and brokers to promote and fulfill the needs of their clients by saying, here's the 6,000 vessels available in the world. Use my website, find everything you need. So as I hear it is the main value add to one broker versus another broker is the technology. And what is the technology? It is this marketing platform, which is, as I understand, it, it's like omni-channel. Any way to explain the differentiation of so the bees versus um, Century 21 or Keller Williams type of thing? Absolutely. Yeah. So interesting uh, that you say Century 21. They are owned yeah. by the same parent <laughs> company, uh, Realogics. Oh, all right. Own um, Century 21, Better Homes and Garden, Coldwell Banker, and Sotheby's International Realty. Last time I checked. A major difference, Sotheby's is often the last to adopt. They want to see something work elsewhere before they put their brand reputation on the line, where the Keller Williams franchise and their business model is really get as many agents in as we can if they produce, fantastic. I, I wanted to go back to, to what you were saying before. So just kind of time-wise, I know this is something that every entrepreneur thinks about. So you had the Sotheby's, right? Now you went to this conference, you're, you're meeting with other business owners. They have an interest in exploring what you're doing there. Why did you ultimately exit you know, what you were doing with Sotheby's? So the my exit was really because a buyer approached us. Um, it was not in any way. Something you'll find with brokerage and valuation is that it's all based on the rolling 12 months of your team, however many agents you have, whatever their gross commission income is over the last 12 months really plays a role in forecasting and valuation. So when I was approached with a buyer saying this other Sotheby's franchise owner wants to expand his empire and he wants all of your agents, I, I was totally on board. I said, absolutely. How do we work together? How would you like this to be structured? And really, he just wanted to bring in some of his systems, collect all of our leads, 
And they didn't even take advantage of the technology that we had built, which allowed me to exit, come back, build it better, do it in a different industry, uh, and not have any competitors in the space. To circle back on your question of why did I exit and go full entrepreneurial mode, every real estate agent is their own entrepreneur. I've always been surrounded by people that are responsible for their own income, their own profit. They've got to build typically their own systems in order to make their company work. So it's inspiring to be around the top agents who have built out over years how they run a local community. And I saw that and I just wanted to help those people. Um, When you sold this business, a lot of people, when they build businesses, it's like, that business is their baby. And when you were approached for a sale, you were kind of like, I'm good. <laughs> I can exit here and uh, and I can start with my technology idea and bubble that up into something bigger, right? That's exactly right. The local real estate company. So I've seen so many people involved in real estate. And I personally am not the kind of guy that's going to, when somebody says, I believe my home is worth $2 million. I don't want to be the one to say the market tells me it's worth 1.4. And then they get upset and emotional because they say my kids lived here, families lived here. So I don't want to be directly involved in residential real estate because of the emotions. So when I had the opportunity to say, yes, I'll take a back seat and do all the technology and the framework behind this. So I was happy to gracefully exit that and devote more time, focus, and resources into the technology side of things. Um, having haven't actually met your family before. I know they've been a part of the business. And I'm just curious, your inspiration, I'm not sure if it, if it comes from, you know, others in the family, or maybe there was a, a real estate agent, or it could be any industry for that matter, that really inspired you on your journey of being an entrepreneur. But can you share a little bit about who's been your biggest inspiration and, and you know, what makes them so inspiring to you? So one book that every real estate agent must read, and I suggest the whole world reads it, it's called uh, Million Dollar Agent, and it's written by the founder of Keller Williams, uh, Gary Keller. And it's a very high level book with a lot of, it's almost a workbook, and it fits into these templates that he's put together. Again, you've really got to read Gary Keller's Million Dollar Agent. And yeah, as you mentioned, my parents Um, were also in real estate, so I've definitely licked my fair share of envelopes and put on the stamps. And it, it was great to see my parents could attend all the swim meets and, and drive me to school because their schedule was flexible. My parents were just busy every weekend with open houses. You know, you came from an entrepreneurial background with your uh, mother and father, both real estate agents. Can you kind of explain like your come up story that has brought you from your, your teenage years into whatever you're doing today? That just kind of like explains people the career track or the timelines or everything? Totally. So my parents had originally met at Lockheed Martin, uh, defense contracting. And just as a side gig, my parents had their real estate license. And they opened up a small little office in Pleasanton, California for residential real estate. It was called Pleasanton Properties. They were approached by Keller Williams saying, hey, let's merge. We like the office you set up, we like your Main Street location. And with that, they were able to recruit more agents. I helped sweep the office before I could play. I was involved with real estate agents from 14 till still involved with them. And I just saw how these people were able to create their own schedules, make their own income. They got to tour the most beautiful houses in the neighborhood. So I was envious of that as well. And while working with them, whether it's sweeping the office or showing them how to use their iPhone, I was able to build technology that services them. I ended up 
starting a real estate brand because of the people I met while sweeping the office. So it was one of my partners, I'm sorry, he became a partner of mine when he called and said, hey, I, I met you when you were sweeping the office in Keller Williams. I know you're now in marketing. I was working at Microsoft uh, consulting company at the time. And he said, I'm ready to launch my own real estate franchise. Will you come in and be a marketing partner of ours? So my parents and my family and my involvement at 16 years old really shaped my career when Andrew tapped me on the shoulder and said, let's start a company together. Yeah. Was that also the same time that you were going down this uh, MBA track for, I think your MBA was creative, mm, not yeah, as a, technology? A master's, a master's in creative technology. So that came well after I opened the Sotheby's Realty franchise. That was about three years in. We had opened this franchise. We were expanding throughout the Bay Area. And things were going swimmingly. You know, we had the staff, we had the agents, we were profitable. Um, we were proud to say that we were number one in the market. And I had always had this yearning to go see New Zealand, this forgotten corner of the world. So I had always been curious to see what that was like. And I was in a position in which I could say, I'm going to release some responsibilities. I'm going to move down, get my master's, and I can still consult for my company in the meantime. I was able to experiment with the New Zealand Sotheby's International Realty Agents of what types of marketing generate the best response, the most wanted response. I myself love the creative aspects of it. So a beautiful image, a cinematic video, uh, that inspires people to want more, where a newspaper ad or a brochure is just something you skim over most of the time. So you have like great videographers and video editors and things like that? Absolutely. I've had so much fun being involved in cinematic videography, whether it's lifestyle or if it's for a specific boat or listing. Yeah, the, the evolution of video as well, the way we consume video has changed significantly. Back three, four years ago, you would never put text on screen. It was supposed to be straight visuals, you know, two minute cinematic lifestyle video. That is what everyone said is the ultimate where now you've got TikTok videos that are 14 seconds. They've got text on screen. It's so rapid. And what we're seeing now is the mind can handle that. You know, I was going to say, but I remember one day Jason said, hey, I want to show you a quick video that I did today. And just the experience to see what he was doing. This was way ahead of what I thought most real estate brokers were doing. I remember when you got your drone and, and flew it up on the roof, had this incredible mansion out in Pleasanton that you'd filmed. And just the feeling you have watching it, you're, you're so inspired, right? And I, I remember early on, you were the first person that I saw in real estate that was building that type of aerial footage, you know, around the property. Now it's, it's, it's become a little bit more mainstream not for every property, but I'm starting to see with more basic residential real estate, they're starting to, it, it, it's getting better. Like the digital marketing aspect is getting better. But, you know, as far as uh, sort of early to the party on that, you know, with, with drone, like, where does where does that come from? Like what made you think, you know, to go out and buy a drone and do all that stuff before everybody else? Uh, thank you, Zach. Yeah, it's, it's very exciting to be on the forefront of new toys. And as everyone says, uh, boys don't grow up. Their toys just get bigger. 
that as soon as I saw that there's a personal little helicopter, I said, of course I have to have this. I, of course I want to play with this. So before I even bought my drone, I sold three aerial videos to real estate agents saying, yeah, I can film, I can film your property. Well, based on what they paid me, it was about $300 each. I went and I bought a $900 drone and then I've been profitable ever since. And the video editing side, I did go to school for advertising. So I do have a fair share of experience in regards to video editing. So it's all, it's all experiments. Why not be the first to market? And if you can get it to work, good on you. Uh, it's, uh, it's always evolving though. Yeah, it sounds like when you're building businesses, it's just, it's kind of like on the entrepreneur route, you have your fixed and variable expenses, but you're kind of like figuring it out before you actually start day one, kind of like you're making these businesses before, you know, real expenses start hitting, right? Um, Ideally, yeah. Experience yeah. always helps. So I am very blessed to have a business partner. His name is Terrence. Uh, he has been an entrepreneur himself. and I'm grateful that in uh, his last, let's say, 10 years, he's had the time to throw things at the wall and see what sticks. And from there, he can now bring his knowledge of we've tried it in this industry and it worked or we've tried it in this landscape and it didn't work. So, yeah, experimenting is still so key. Nobody has the answers. Even if they do, those answers are going to change in the next year. So... It's uh, a lot of trial and error, and unfortunately, it does take money to make money. Um, Jason, I'm just curious. You had the, you know, the success that you had at Sotheby's, right? And then at that conference was really when Explore started. You went, you got your master's degree out in New Zealand. You came back to the United States, and I understand that the business has, has really had a hockey stick-like effect since the beginning of the pandemic. But can you share more about really where you had that hockey stick effect in your career from a network perspective, what that was like and, you know, how that's evolved over time. Sure. Sure. Um, any, any career and having that monthly salary and income changes your life. So I did not jump into entrepreneurship with zero in the bank. I had an established career. I was already doing a side hustle while making my salary. So I tiptoed into the entrepreneurship world. Um, the hockey stick growth that came was unexpected. The product that we built, this technology, I didn't think that everybody would want to implement it. I figured everybody was already doing it. So when I was at this conference, and I'm telling them, this is what we've built for our own local real estate agents. And then when people said, we want that too, my user base exploded. We, we went from just our agents to real estate agents around the world saying, wow, now I can finally social media. I'm using that as a verb. I can finally internet. This is how it works. This is how it happens. So in my own personal finances, I split when, when I sold my shares at the Venture Sotheby's International Realty franchise, I pretty much did a 50-50 split. I invested 50% of what we made, what I made personally, and then I built a company around it. And when 
the pandemic took hold, we really entered into the yachting space. We said, hey, I know that all these yacht shows are canceled and you had a, a massive budget to get thousands of people to see your, your boats for sale. Well, now you can't get together with those people. So we went to the top yachting brokerages and said, hey, let's have a virtual yacht show. Let's make sure that the people that want to get on boats still can get on boats, but we do it in a safe and respectful way. And the move to digital on during the pandemic, during 2020, was unprecedented. Uh, we, we had always said, the future is digital. You got to get your business online. But really, once the world stopped and events stopped, everybody said, what am I going to do? How am I going to focus on this? And we came in with the solution. We'd already been doing it, but the market shifted in our favor. You know, would you say then the best investments you, you've ever made is investing in yourself, investing in the business? Was it something, you know, was it, uh, was it Bitcoin? Was it, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, thing in the stock market? Great question. I am not the uh, most savvy investor because I am my highest risk investment. I've never put too much money into Bitcoin or any of the cryptocurrencies because I look at where I've already put my money and I say, I'm already high risk investment. I've put it into a startup. Uh, the last thing I want to do is put it into another volatile industry or market. So no, I'd say I'm a, a safe investor. I've always had involvement in real estate investment trusts and um, apartment buildings and making sure that we truly have real estate. But the high risk investments are all going into building something that I see as part of the future. So would you so, say you're doing uh, luxury real estate right now in yachts? Is there other business lines that you guys are working in besides that? You mentioned side hustles. Yeah, it, it does. Um, the product that we sell, you know, floating masterpieces and million dollar yachts, it is, it's a benefit to us because the content, I view it as the most sexy content on earth. We have a beautiful boat cruising through the Panama Canal or the Caribbean. So the photography and the imagery and the boat sells itself really once you step aboard. But we have adapted our technology for fitness influencers, those that are also creating fantastic content. That We're really on the strategy side and the targeting and the communication side of the business, whatever content our clients bring to us, that's what we use. I am curious for our listeners, mostly business owners, what's the biggest mistake you're seeing they're making for SEO or search engine optimization? Well, that pretty much means if someone types into Google, how will, will you be found? Uh, I'd say that it requires them to have a website that already exists, uh, an online presence, but the biggest mistake in SEO is thinking that is the only way to reach people. Definitely don't put all your eggs into one basket here. So two ways to do marketing. We've got the reactive marketing and the proactive marketing. Reactive means SEO. Um, I'm waiting for my clients to type in these five words exactly to find me, as opposed to proactive targeting, where they're already stepping into your business, they're already seeing you or searching for a product like yours. And then we directly get in front of them. So that's like display advertising or social media targeting. That doesn't necessarily create a want in the buyer. Instead, they've already expressed their desire to buy something. All we are is providing the avenue for them to click, buy, 
download, whatever it may be. So the biggest mistake in SEO is waiting for the clients to do anything. I love it. I love it. Um, I know you'd mentioned the book earlier by the owner of Keller Williams, but any podcast book or other resource that really helped you build your business or that you find yourself turning back to? I really enjoy the How It's Made podcast series. Uh, I was first introduced to that on a road trip and we listened for about 45 minutes how Airbnb was made. That's an interesting story. Um, the podcast is with Guy Raz and it's, it's called How It's Made and he'll interview successful CEOs, uh, innovators, say, how did you come up with this idea? How did it become a multi-million dollar business? Airbnb was a conference, I believe in Texas, and all the hotels were booked. So everybody wanted to attend this conference. They couldn't get a room. So instead, they reached out to local homeowners and said, hey, can we give you an airbed and will you host people for this conference? So Airbnb actually means airbed and breakfast. And with that free novel idea, they now have more spaces to spend the night than the Hilton and the Sheraton and the largest chains in the world. Airbnb is an innovator with that. And Guy Raz in his podcast does a great job asking how other entrepreneurs can identify voids in the market and fill them. I also really like Sam Harris, who um, it's making sense with Sam Harris. Fantastic back and forth. He brings on some great guests. I recommend yeah, finding. I don't think I've ever heard of that one. Um, yeah, good one. Business or yeah, Sam Harris is solid. So lately there's been a lot on Putin and war, um, and he does bring in strategic advisors for that. But yes, Sam Harris has a lot on business and I'd say that he can help break down some complex issues, complex ideas, so that a high schooler to a CEO can look at something in a new way. So that's Making Sense with Sam Harris, as well as How It's Made with Guy Raz. Is there anything out there for the listeners that you know, you'd want to share that you didn't get a chance to yet? Obviously, you, you know, like you said, you, you've had a lot of success over here in the last couple of years you really had that hockey stick effect um you know whether it was on the come up or really you know where you are now is there anything that you reflect on that, that you'd want to share with the listeners absolutely uh it's something that i would want to share with my nephews and the youth out there nowadays everybody's got a camera you're always being watched i heard a story my sister shared with me that one of my nephew's friends at school and he's 13 put up a TikTok video that was kind of bullying this girl. And Dylan, my nephew, was filmed in it just quickly, but therefore he's a part of this video that somebody else put together. Well, he ended up getting in trouble for it. The principal got involved, the, the bully and the parents all got involved. And the learning lesson from that is that every action you make nowadays is recorded. It's shared. Uh, so Make sure you're smiling. Somebody is filming today. You you will be behind the lens and your actions will come back and benefit you, hopefully. Uh, but just be aware that people are, are watching and you've got to be an upstanding citizen and don't get involved with uh, any kind of cyber bullying. Don't get out there, smile, and make sure that you're doing everything as if you're uh, on TV. Yeah. Um, you know, as you think about your business, you know, what, what's the next biggest, what's the next big thing you're looking to enhance? So what 
I'm striving for is to help the small mom and pops that don't have the funding, that don't have the access to a global network with a great online presence, with a little digital marketing. You can easily communicate to that specific audience, whatever your message may be. So I like to say, we're going to make the internet great again. Uh, I want to work with the best brands, local mom and pops, everybody in between that is out there and doing great things for the community. So really what we're doing is we're trying to slash our prices, really understand our core product and get everybody online. Every business that wants to share a message, we are going to make it easy for them. From a technology perspective, you know, what, what's a piece of technology that any entrepreneur could use for their business that, that you're using right now? Similar to how we connected, Zach, I, I sent you my website. Hello, this is Jason.com. And you went down and you scheduled a call on my calendar, streamlined it for you. You were able to see exactly what times I'm available. And then now I'm alerted. You have a call with Zachary Shear. It's a dream. I highly recommend everyone, no matter if you're an individual or business, get a calendar scheduling website. Hey, I just want to say thanks from both Pat and I. We really appreciate you taking the time. Hopefully the listeners got a lot out of this. You'd already mentioned this is Jason.com, but is is that the best place for uh, podcast listeners to find you? Please, please. Yeah, my website is really just a demo site. I've got my favorite songs. I've linked my Spotify, LinkedIn, as mentioned, my calendar. Uh, you can send me a message. But we're curious, my company, Explore Technologies, we are curious how your brand can thrive online. And I think by going to hello, this is Jason.com, you'll just see how helpful a website can be. So if you have any questions, you can always reach me there. Pat, we'll, we'll get you on the boat sometime soon. And uh, we'll great. put on puddle jumping playlist. Yeah, man. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Thank man. You, yeah, have a good one. Thank you. You too. See ya. All right. I think that does it for the show today. Me and Zach both thank you guys in the audience for listening in. Hopefully there were some good nuggets and insights, maybe some value to hopefully implement into your own lives. I think the best thing to learn from other entrepreneurs is how they did it, their mistakes and tips and tricks. So uh, for everybody out there, don't forget to like, subscribe, do all the social media things. Following Zach Shear, myself, Pat Trainer, or the podcast itself, Banana King. Also, the biggest compliment that we can get from you guys is five-star reviews. So uh, we really appreciate that. And I think that really expands our viewership and audience. So with that, um, we'll be going on to the next show. See you next week.